Hello again, I'm Phil Dobby. Welcome to another Vantage Performance Podcast. Today, negotiating with the big guys. Now, Andrew Birch is a director of Vantage Performance, and because he works from their Perth office, he's often working with companies that supply to the mining industry. And of course, the suppliers are usually much smaller than their customers. After all, the uh, with the mining sector, we're talking about some of the biggest companies in the world. And that means you have to be careful. You have to make sure that you're not getting railroaded into a deal that's just not going to work for you. And this doesn't just apply to suppliers in the mining industry. It's anywhere, isn't it, uh, Andrew, where you're, you're supplying to companies that are much bigger than you are? Yeah, morning, Phil. That's exactly right. And that's, and that's what we're seeing a lot is that... Uh, Smaller parties contracting with larger parties effectively take their terms and conditions, and then uh, but don't really read the contract properly, right. uh, or and probably don't understand the contract. Um, and then later on, when the contract becomes in dispute, there are issues that they that they're not aware of, or aren't properly informed about. Yeah, and I guess that's because they're looking, isn't it? They're looking at the value. I mean, they're cock-a-hoop because they're exactly. thinking we've landed this big contract uh, and it, it might be worth a lot of money, but of course there's a lot of cost associated with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we had a company who um, came to us and thought that their problems were solved because they just um, landed, and in landed I mean inverted commas, because they hadn't even cited or signed the paperwork yet, but they had landed this contract that was... Uh, $30 million contract over 10 months and they uh, therefore thought because they assumed their gross margin was around 20% that, um, that they had a $6 million contribution to their bottom line. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they assumed that that was going to solve their solvency issues. Yeah, and I guess the danger is if they then look and they, they, they get that mindset and then they start spending that money to try and uh, uh, spend on other parts of the business to pay off debt perhaps uh, and then all of a sudden get hit with the fact that, well, oh, there's still some expenses on this contract and you know maybe, exactly. maybe it's all weighted towards the end of the timetable. Yeah, exactly right. Yes. A lot of expenses on the contract and also the timing of those expenses can be a bit of a surprise. So, um, you know, to... Traditionally, in a contract or these types of contract, you expect that people are going to pay, um, you know, pay on say thirty days or something like that. So you, um, when you look at the cash cycle associated with contract, you might have to spend money to move equipment uh, from your depot to the site um, before the contract starts. You might have to pay money for labour and so on uh, during the first month. Uh, and then at the end of the first month, you issue an invoice, and depending on the contract terms, you might get paid 30 days later. Yeah. So you're potentially carrying the first two months' expenses um, out of your own working capital. Right. And what happens if you can't afford to do that? I mean, can you go to the company and say, look, you know, we're, we're a small company. We need some help. We need some payment up front, or we need to come to some sort of arrangement. Uh, are they going to listen to that sort of thing, or are they just going to go? I'll, you know, you know, go away. We'll get someone else to do it instead. No, I think that uh, if you're talking to uh, one of these parties, uh, and they and they've decided that they want to use you, they're using you for a reason. It might be because you've got a great safety record, or because you do great work, or because you've got a reputation for delivering on time or on budget. Um, so you've definitely got some negotiating power. Right. Um, and and we've seen. Uh, plenty of people who have turned around to the um, to the main party and said, "Look, um, you know, we're going to need some uh, mobilisation um, funding." So then they effectively get 
you know, the first month's expenses paid up front. Right. So, I mean, it's important to remember that, isn't it? That you don't have to accept the contract that's presented to you uh, because of that point of differentiation that you mentioned, something you are bringing to the table is your expertise, uh, and that means you, you are in a position to be able to negotiate that agreement that they present. Absolutely. Look, I, I don't think... I, I think that a lot of these um, large players, they have um, template contracts that their lawyers have worked on, and they're not going to be very keen to change the, the, the bulk of the contract. Um, which deals with you know things like um, you know who the parties are, um, how they contract, um, what happens in a dispute, and so on. But they will change uh, and be very amenable to changing the um, the schedule to the contract. And the schedule to the contract is normally where you find things that relate to the commercial nature of this specific contract. Right. And that's as I say, that's where I think people fall down because they they see the large contract and think, oh, geez, I don't think I can be bothered to read this. Um, we've dealt with these guys before. They've always been good. Let's just uh, let's just move on. Uh, where do I sign type of thing? Yeah. Um, but you really need to uh, do more analysis on the contract. And this is, I think, this is one of the you know key points is I think that if you're a small party entering into a significant contract with a larger party, then you need to... Um, think, act, behave, whatever, like the larger party is. So they have, you know, engaged, um, you know, highly credentialed lawyers to prepare the contract. You should be engaging highly credentialed lawyers who specialise in these types of contracts to review the contract terms for you. Right. They will have spent, you know, their internal um, uh, commercial managers will have spent um, hours analysing the commercial features of the contract and what it means for the principal, you should do the same. But can you afford to do that? I mean, they've got uh, expensive lawyers and they're big companies. You know, they've got, they've got stacks of cash. How are you going to be able to afford to keep up? Mm. I don't, I, yes, exactly. And that is a good point. I'm not intending that you know, take an adversarial role in relation to negotiating a contract. Really, I'm just saying um, engage some lawyers who have experience in this area to help you understand the legal ramifications of the contract that you're about to enter into so that you know what you need to do during the contract uh, to comply with it. Right. Okay. So you're so making due diligence is the word, isn't it? And making Absolutely. sure making sure you're doing that. And uh, I think what you're also saying is because, of course, big companies move slowly uh, and you think because you're a smaller business, you, you you have to move quickly. So you have to move through this process quickly and, and get on with the job. But maybe uh, maybe in, you need to be more cautious about that and uh, and work at their speed, particularly in these early stages. Well, you're going to have to work at their speed through the whole process anyway because you're going to be working with them. Absolutely. Yeah, you just, you just need to... Um Learn to either be be a bit more like a large player, um, or um, or fake it. Yeah, slow down, <laughs> uh, take it easy. But I mean, isn't uh, I mean part of the problem? Yeah. And I guess this is what people have to overcome: is this uh, this idea of being starstruck. You know, you've got this big deal. You're working with a big company, uh, and you feel great about that. And that means you you're not paying the attention that you need to pay. And what you should be doing is saying, yes, this is a big order. That means a lot can go wrong here. Uh, it could make or break our company. 
uh, and and therefore we need to look at this very methodically and forget about the fact that they are a big company. Just look at uh, look at it as a big order and treat them the same as you would, uh, you know, in your mind as if you were dealing with a with a smaller company. Except, of course, you know they've they've perhaps got a slow way of moving. I think that's a good good point, and, and the point that I particularly like that you uh, made was that you have to. Um, you have to remember that this is a material contract for you. Yeah. So if it goes well, it's materially good. But if it goes badly, it's going to be materially bad. Yeah. Yeah. Could kill you. In fact, if could if, kill you. Yeah. It could kill you. And many, you know, one of the um, one of the reasons that people give or underlying sort of causes of business failure, uh, people normally cite things like management and um, financial management as being top, but very high up the list is is a large project that goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that and, and so that sums it up. I think, you know, when you're looking at this contract, that's what you're going to be looking at. You've got to be thinking, is this going to make us or break us? And if, it's, uh, and if so much rests on it, then it's worth spending the time making sure the paperwork's right. And uh, if you have to pay expensive lawyers to help in that process, it's going to be worth it if it's going to save your skin. Well, on a, on, a, on a very material contract, um, typically the cost of legal advice up front might be, you know, um, I'm going to massively generalize here, but, you know, let's say it's 20 grand up front. The amount of legal cost it will save you at the end is more likely to be 10 times that, yeah. say 200 grand. Yeah, yeah. Let's... So it's an investment. Yeah, certainly is. All right. Appreciate your time, Andrew. Wise words, as always, from our man in the West. <laughs> Good to talk to you. Cheers, Phil.